0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us and I'm your host Emma Bolsner. Today we will be talking about the new and very popular Marvel Disney show called WandaVision which aired every week on Disney Plus and just finished its finale last night. The show stars Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, Paul Bettany as Vision, Catherine Hahn as Agnes and Kat Dennings as Darcy. And with me virtually is my good friend Hannah. Hello, Hi. So for those of you that are not really familiar with this show since it is pretty new or familiar with Marvel characters or Marvel movies in general, WandaVision follows the Scarlet Witch, Wanda, and her husband Vision. Vision is not a typical robot because he has the ability to feel things like a human due to the Mind Stone. Set after Avengers Endgame, Wanda and Vision make a home for themselves in an idyllic small town called Westview, and each episode pays homage to old American family sitcoms in some way. Each episode centers on a different decade and sitcom world, starting from the 1950s with I Love Lucy to the 2010s with Modern Family, and brings out lots of nostalgia for viewers of any age. However, Wanda and Vision's world in Westview starts becoming a little suspicious as each episode takes a darker turn than the first. So, is Wanda and Vision really living the great American suburban dream as we'd like to think? I guess we'll soon find out. So Hannah, what do we think of WandaVision? Oh,
1: my goodness. <laughs> I I was interested in WandaVision from the first time I saw concept art. I, there was so much there, and I was already a huge fan of both the characters, but especially Wanda. She holds such a special place in my heart, um, mostly because I just think her power set was so cool, and I thought her character was really well done, and that's partially credit to Elizabeth Olsen. So when I heard that Wanda and Vision were going to get their own show, I was so, so excited. And the show, for me... Really, really lived up to the hype. I think the the sitcom angle, especially once you find out why specifically that sitcom angle was a thing, um, is super interesting and was incredibly well done from a craft perspective. Um, I especially think the like 1980s and like the 2010 episodes were the best of the bunch because those are the styles of sitcoms that I remember growing up with. Um, and yeah, it, it just it was so well done from a craft perspective, and the story was really well done. And I I screamed a lot, I screamed <laughs> so much. Um, the <laughs> the end of one of the episodes in particular um, had me screaming and reacting in a way that I haven't reacted to any television episode I think ever. Yeah, It was just really well done. I loved it a lot.
0: And I liked how... Well, the writing was just so excellent. But I liked how each episode was also a little bit longer. Like, the first kind of four episodes is traditional sitcom length, about 25 minutes. And then, you know, by the end of it, it's like 40, 50 minutes. And I think that was also very interesting, because TV has changed so much since the 50s to now. And it's like in this one series, they're doing everything that they can in the last 60 years of TV. And I thought that was amazing how they did that.
1: Yes, yeah. I think that was really well done. And um, I think it was episode four where they sort of backtrack and they show what's been going on outside of Westview. And the way that they they did that was really, really interesting. In that they they show what's been going on in the first three episodes from the outside perspective. Uh, And you see glimpses of the past three episodes, stuff you've already seen uh, in in that fourth episode. And that was really well done. And... Yeah, everything about the show from a craft perspective, uh, from the script and the costuming. Oh my goodness, the costuming. Oh. Um, <laughs> and the, how they were able to recreate all of these specific, very specific looks and pay homage in really, really great ways while still keeping that signature like Marvel flair, especially towards the end, was really, really well done.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking, like, how do we approached talking about this because I could literally talk about each episode for a whole show because there's so much. Um, I'm
1: trying to be very careful to not spoil anything. Like, I have to choose my words very (laughs) deliberately. I feel like there needs to be a big, like, spoiler warning slapped on this episode. I think I'll just put a
0: right on the like write-up of the podcast because I mean who will listen to this before finishing this series I hope nobody
1: yeah I feel like this I feel like this should be the end of our non-spoiler section yeah um because <laughs> because there's no way to discuss WandaVision now that it's finished at, without spoiling it
0: yeah okay so from five minutes now on there will only be spoilers, so if you haven't watched it, please listen later.
1: Yeah, make like Wanda, put yourself in a bubble, oop, and <laughs> and get out of here, go and watch all yep. nine episodes, and then come back.
0: <laughs> quickly, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we should just start with episode one. Um, I just wanted to point out, because my one of my favorite lines of the show was you know when wanda is talking to vision later on and she says like they're watching malcolm in the middle and she's depressed because her brother's her brother's dead. dead and she's yeah she says um you know this isn't a show where you like cry or anything nobody will get hurt in it you don't have to worry um every problem in one of these tv sitcoms will always get resolved by the end and It'll always be fine. And it just reminded me of how, yeah, those shows were really comforting. I haven't watched shows like that for a really long time. Um, I grew up with, you know, sweet Life shows, like Disney Channel, Life with Derek, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of felt a bit nostalgic for those shows because those were good times, those family-oriented shows. And, you know, at the beginning, WandaVision was very much like those, but then at the end, it wasn't. People do yeah. get
1: hurt. It, and that the fact that at by the end of the show we have to acknowledge, you know, life isn't a sitcom. Stuff is gonna go wrong. Not everything is gonna be wrapped up in this pretty package and we have to accept that and move on, I think is a really powerful message, especially when you consider everything that Wanda's gone through. The death of her parents, which was the start of her tragic backstory. The death of her brother in Age of Ultron. And now, by the end of the show, having to have watched Vision die not once, not twice, but three oh. times. It's, it's just such a really well-intentioned meaning, I think, and I think it comes across really, really well, and the show ultimately serves not as just a nice homage, but also a really great exploration of grief, and how different people process it, and how we all sort of need each other, and how bubbling yourself off like that may be not the healthiest solution. Yes.
0: No, but it's amazing how we do go through each stage of grief with her in the nine episodes, or in at least the eight, because episode four is mostly um, the sword watching her. Yes, but but the eight is like it's amazing how they are able to do that. I mean, the writers of this show are so on the ball; mm-hmm. uh, it's just crazy. Yeah,
1: and the fact that it was originally played as sort of like a mystery, and they had people guessing until the like until the last episode as to how things were gonna shake out. Uh, was really well done. The one thing that sort of annoyed me reflecting on the episode is that there were because there was a weekly release schedule, there was so much time for fan theories to pop up, and there were so many ones that really got off the ground. Uh, I'm thinking specifically like the Aerospace Engineer being a member of the Fantastic Four. I'm thinking Mephisto being introduced. Uh, Christina had a really great theory about how Dottie, one of the neighbors, like was Mephisto, so, uh but <laughs> major red herring but there were red herrings everywhere and so it felt like at the end of the day they planted all these clues to invite us to play along but so many of the clues ended up being red herrings that it feels like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day that was my one sort of gripe that i had and it felt like the ending of the show was a little too safe um Don't get me wrong, still a great ending, but it felt like it could have been a little bit of a bigger risk. But I understand why it's not, because Kevin Feige wants these shows to be something, you know, as... Extra that you can watch that you can still be a Marvel fan that only watches the movie and still be able to follow the story as it goes, uh, so that you don't have feel obligated to watch all this extra stuff. Uh, And so, like, when we see Wanda again in Spider Man No Way Home in December, when if people are going to be like, Whoa, why is Wanda like this now? they can go back to WandaVision if they want to, but also it'll be explained. In at least in some way shape or form, or they can Google it, I guess. But yeah, briefly. Nothing big is or monumental is ever going to happen in these Marvel shows, which sucks. But the self contained stories we do get, I think, are going to be really well done. If Wandavision any indication.
0: Yeah, and we can learn and love the character in a different way than what we just see when it's like this big ensemble cast, and we don't really get to know them personally as much. And then this is a great way now that we know how popular Wandavision is, I think. Marvel will definitely take this route in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, like, Wanda has always been sort of like a C-list C, C character. She's always been on, like, the C-team. Not the A-team, not the B-team. She's always been, like, yeah. a C-team character. Um, and
0: Not like Black Widow. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so for her to really come into her own on this show was so exciting to see. And it was so exciting to see her and Vision finally get the dues that they were deserving of and the storyline that they were deserving of, because if this had tried to have been done in a movie, it just, it wouldn't work, because they'd be trying to fit her in with the other Avengers. So having this be... Like the Hex of Westview itself, its own self-contained bubble where we are for nine episodes and then we leave by the end of it was a really great way to do it. And I'm excited to see how they do that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and especially, especially with Loki because Loki over the years has be- has gone from like, uh, like a team villain to like... Uh, like B team, almost C team sometimes characters just because there are so many characters and he gets shoved in with the rest of them and it's like oh yeah and Loki's here so giving Tom Hiddleston another chance to shine I think is going to be really really fun (laughs) and I can't wait for that
0: yeah yeah I'm excited for that too and just not to go too far back but when you said how there were like Easter eggs and all these interesting things in each um, episode it's just amazing how they could have those red herrings for Marvel fans, but also put Easter eggs from original sitcoms as well. I was like blown away by that. They were kind of bouncing, juggling the present, the future, and the past and for all ages to enjoy. And I thought that yeah, was amazing.
1: Yeah, like, the one that sticks out to me the most is I've watched a few episodes of Modern Family now because it's one of Christina's favorite sitcoms. And so when they were doing the 2010 episode uh, and they and mm-hmm. they started really showing the house, I was like, wow, this is just the Modern Family set. This is just, yeah. like, what the Modern Family set looks like. Wanda is speaking to the camera like Claire Dunphy would. This is, this is just... The, even the theme song for that episode was very, like... The Office style, yeah. which...
0: of Yes, which of, yes, the Office handheld yeah, camera. Which, of course, everybody knows now. Yeah.
1: Everybody knows the, the Office theme. It's so iconic. So to have those, like, pop culture Easter eggs in there, I think, was really, really great. For fans of sitcoms from any era, like, I feel especially if my parents watched the, like, six, like, the Bewitched Brady Bunch Family Ties um, episodes, they would have a lot more fun yeah. with those episodes because yeah. they would be able to catch more of those references because those are the sitcoms they watched when they were growing up.
0: Yes, and um, we'll get to the the sixties in a bit. But I actually grew up watching some of Bewitched with my mom because it was her favorite uh, sitcom, and I always I have the exact same DVD as Wanda does as well. Oh. So I I I watched like season one and two I think when I was like five and six, mm-hmm. and the actual like set that Samantha Stevens has in Bewitched is the exact same, like, replica as Wanda has. And I was, like, blown away. And, of course, uh, Elizabeth Olsen even admitted she is, was unable to wiggle her nose like Samantha. So she did something else, which I won't reveal, that, that uh, kind of paid homage to *To Bewitched. Because mm-hmm. um, it's really hard wiggling your nose. I can't do it. <laughs> so no. I was just blown away by how it was the exact same a replica of the house, and then they had the nosy neighbor, Agnes, which Bewitched had, and, um, actually, Agnes's whole house, the whole front of her house, was exactly like Samantha and Darren's house. Yes! So that was, like, really cool. Yeah,
1: I did know that. Yeah, I, and I liked that, you know, she kept little elements of her, like, sitcom personas throughout the eras, and just, like, kept building on it. They were all reflections of her at the end of the day, because she was losing herself in this fantasy And again, it just the the more you dive in, especially the like earlier episodes when you were still trying to figure it out, the more you can notice. So I'm really excited to go back and rewatch all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Like after that's going to be my after school treat once uh, exams finish (laughs) in April, once classes finish, I'm gonna go back and just binge all of it, Um, so I can see the whole story from front to back because I think. The final episode especially, but the way it's structured, it feels very sudden when you first get into it, but I think that when you go back and watch all the episodes all the way through, it's going to feel like a lot more natural and like the buildup is worth it when you watch it all together as opposed to just like once a week and we're like getting into it, like just shoved into it basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because then we kind of know what we're dealing with as well because at the beginning we're so confused and we think Wanda is like stuck in here by somebody when like the radio when we first get the encounter of the radio talking to her at the little women's party in black and white and and we think that she's in trouble and obviously she's in trouble but like you know we're just as lost as her so it would be really interesting. I I would like to rewatch this too and see what I pick up on because there's probably so much I missed.
1: Yeah for sure. And I was, I was also convinced, I was convinced up until, like, almost the very end that there was going to be something involved with Hydra here. Because Hydra always seems to pop up at the most inconvenient times. And this seemed like a pretty inconvenient time. I was convinced that Hydra was going to be... Like, like, um, sword was going to be on one side of the hex, Hydra was going to be on the other, and they would have to like duke it out over Wanda and Vision. Basically, that's where I <laughs> thought this was going to go from the first uh, from the first few episodes. Um, of course, I was wrong. I was very, very wrong, and it was inside corruption yeah. all along. Because of course it was. Um, <laughs> but. I, I you have so many possibilities with a story like this and doing the weekly release schedule like I said lets you l- lets these fan theories just run wild and sometimes they're right on the money and sometimes they are not and that's part of the fun
0: yeah I'm just shocked that they've never tried to do something like this before in, like maybe not in a non- superhero way like why have they not tried to bring back like 50s and 60s sitcoms like it seems like such a cool idea now yeah I think
1: I think because a lot I, a lot of those are cemented as such classics they wouldn't want to bring that stuff yeah. back because it would seem fake and phony as compared to what the originals were, which were done with like genuine intent and with the intent of like, oh, we're going to make this show rather than we're going to reboot something. When you say you're going to reboot something, I think it automatically puts the like, almost negative connotation on yeah. it of, yeah, we're going to reboot this classic thing for the nostalgia factor. Ooh, ah. And it ruins the magic of it in a way. That's
0: very true, yeah. I, I just think it's such a great idea that Marvel Marvel did this. But um, why don't we first uh, talk about episode one? So that's predominantly all about the 50s. And I guess it pays homage to, would you say, I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, Donna Reed Show. I've never watched these shows, but uh, I've seen clips of I Love Lucy.
1: Yes, Dick Van Dyke especially. That's one that's referenced explicitly, Um, uh, both by Wanda later on in her big flashback episode. Um, uh, which I'm proud to say, I got, I predicted the title was going to be previously on for her flashback episode, and I was oh. right! I, I was so everything happy. Everything has
0: clues. I'm so excited to talk about the commercials with you, but everything in this movie, uh, in this show has clues, even to the title of the episode.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first episode filmed in front of a live studio audience, definitely a lot of Dick Van Dyke, um... Christina especially pointed out to me that the the chair gag with Wanda and Vision when Vision's carrying her over and he phases through the chair, he almost stumbles over it and then he phases through it as a direct reference to the opening yeah. credits of Dick Van Dyke. Um, they've seen more of uh, the earlier sitcoms like Bewitched, like Vic Di- Dick Van Dyke, like the Brady Bunch. I've not really seen any of those. Um, I know they exist. I know that they are a thing so i didn't quite pick up on as many references as i did say with like the like 80s 90s uh and the 2010s uh but the references that they did put in there when they were later explained to me were very very clever and very well done and they still the fact that they still played into the mystery and it wasn't just homage for homage's sake was very very cool
0: mm-hmm yeah, cause when we're watching this first episode, it's like bright and happy. This is like just like a regular sitcom, a little problem that gets all resolved. You know, uh, Wanda is making dinner, and then she finds out that she's having uh, Vision's boss and wife over, and you know, there's like this like, oh no, we have to get the martini. We have to keep them, you know, like busy looking at something other than us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just kind of that that um, very typical problem in a sitcom. But then there's that weird dinner scene where the wife is like, "Stop it! Stop it!" and that was like really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah,
1: and going back and looking at it now, like that was an early sign of them trying to break the illusion, uh, and just snap one out of it, telling her to stop it, stop, stop what you're doing. Um, which again, so many layers, yes. but really powerful. But I want to. Just take a moment, especially here in these early episodes, to commend Mr. Paul Bettany, who is just a gift in these early episodes. (laughs) He and Elizabeth Olsen have such good, not just like regular chemistry together, because they sell the romance between Wanda and Vision so incredibly well, but also their comedic chemistry. They play off of each other so incredibly well, and Paul Bettany especially is so funny in these earlier episodes. He's doing an amazing job with the sitcom angle. And I wish people would give him more comedic roles because he just shines with the comedy of these early yeah. episodes. It's so lovely to see. And I, I, I hate that it's so lovely to see at the same time because you know it's going to all come crashing down around them. And the whole time, especially now looking back on it, I remember feeling like the other shoe was going to drop at some point. And I was, like, waiting for it and waiting for it. And when it finally did, I was relieved. But I was also like, no, it all has to come crashing down around them. I just want them to be able to exist in this little world. I just want Wanda to be happy,
0: dang it. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I also like the scene in it when, like, there's menus fly. Like, her. she's trying to make a recipe and there's recipes all around in the air. And Paul Bettany's so funny in that scene as well.
1: I know, it feels like forever ago. I feel like those first, because episodes one and two dropped together, um, which was a really interesting... I wish they dropped the first three episodes together, because I think that would have piqued people's interest a little bit more, but I can understand why they would want to hold the third episode. So... Um, but the, 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 in the first two episodes, I was just, I was hanging out. I was just trying to enjoy the ride and get started on it. I didn't start really having predictions for stuff until the end of episode three, when things went terribly, terribly wrong. Um, and this, the cracks started to show. Uh, those first two episodes, I was just here for it, and I had a lovely time.
0: Yeah, me too. I I love the black and white. I've never really seen a show in black and white, so that was really cool. And I just liked the little hijinks that they got up to. And it was just nice seeing something pure and wholesome for a change. I wanted to talk about the first um, commercial in the first episode, if you're into talking about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about these commercials. These commercials were incredible.
0: They were wacky. So... This first one um, was about a toaster, the toaster Mate 2000. And in between Disney, um, in between WandaVision, there was a little bit of a break and you'd get like a commercial. So it would feel like you're actually watching a show from the 50s and in the 50s watching something because the commercial, you know, is in that decade when the show is as well. And this was all about the Toastmate 2000. And the slogan was, forget the past, this is your future. And each commercial, as we go along, kind of shows a bit more of what is really going on in Wanda's head. And we get a bit more information. They get darker and darker as well as the show continues. But um, yeah, I really like this toaster one. Really funny.
1: Yeah, it was so funny. And also... Uh, That was the first instance we had of color in these first two episodes, because there was the little red light flashing on it. Um, And I I just thought that the Stark nod, the the fact that it was made by Stark Industries, Mm -hmm. was just, you know, a fun nod to the MCU. I didn't really know a lot of uh, Wanda's backstories. Most people didn't. This was really the Wanda origin story uh, series which was again Mm -hmm. really well done Um, but you get later on into the rerun and you see Wanda and Pietro trapped in their in in their little Sokovian flat after that bomb is dropped on their house and the bomb that's there is a Stark Industries bomb with a flashing red light and when I think back to like that first commercial that was immediately what I was reminded of which is a testament to the sticking power of these commercials and how clever they are but I remember seeing that and going, oh, oh, Wanda, no. It's like, I I couldn't help but feel so... As soon as we, like, got a connection back to Wanda's story from those commercials, it instantly, like, makes you feel so sorry for this poor girl.
0: What more does Wanda have to go through? I mean, like, what did she do in her past life that she's just punished in this life? It's so sad.
1: I know. But hopefully, by the end of... Uh, I think the the whole arc is gonna take place over this Spider Man No Way Home and the second Doctor Strange movie, which I'm very excited about. I love Doctor Strange, um, so I'm really excited to see how if what this wraps up by the end of Doctor Strange and if Wanda's finally gonna be happy, because my good lord, she needs some.
0: She really needs. She's lost everybody. She just just needs someone to be there for her. Honestly. <laughs> Um so the second commercial yeah. which is in episode 2 which is still kind of I guess would you say if the late 50s and then starting to be like bewitched early 60s kind of it's still black and white um and that, this one has... Yes,
1: and then they change to color at yeah, the end of the episode. Yeah, at the end,
0: yeah. So then it gets kind of more Brady Bunch era. But um, this one has the commercial in between, and it's about a watch perfect for your husband. And the slogan for this one is, Strucker, he'll make time for you. And, you know, it's very much, I'd say, like, you know, man and woman, man is like... Getting ready to go out, she's in a fancy dress. When people still really dressed up when they went out, and then you know it's 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 very sexist for the times I'd say. She's like you know waiting for him to put on his fancy watch, and it's like oh my gosh, you know you know this is something my grandparents. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that commercial was very. Very cool, also like, and you know, it was it was evocative of the time period that it was from, so I couldn't fault it too much. Um, but the things that had stuck out to me immediately was, yeah. of course, the Hydra logo, because I knew, as most people did, that Wanda had been in league with Hydra in uh, Civil. Uh, I think it was beginning of Age of Ultron. She was in league with Hydra, and she had been experimented on by Baron Von Strucker. Um, which was the name of the watch. And when I, re- I remember, when I watched it, I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And sure enough, Baron von Strucker um, was the one who sort of brought out Wanda's powers. And she was experimented on by Hydra when she'd volunteered. It was a whole thing. So the fact that the Hydra connection was so prominent, that was what really kickstarted yeah. my <laughs> Hydra theory as to. Sword and Hydra being on opposite sides of the hex and waiting for uh, waiting to get in that in the that in the Hydra Soak uh, soap commercial from the 80s episode I think that was um i was yes. i was like the hydras has to be involved somehow but no it's just a connection back to wanda's overall story and i was like dang
0: <laughs> it yeah so i have the list of the commercials here and it actually says so episode four has no commercials and then it says episode three was when hydra soak was and that was hydra soak find oh yeah the goodness within and um so i think that's when it was yeah That was also... I think the one in the 80s... Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the paper towel one we could talk about later. Um, But yeah, that one was also good. And then so I guess in episode three, uh, everything's in color. Everything's very like 60s, big flowers, you know. Oh, we didn't talk about the... I kind of wanted to talk about the magic show. I really like that. Just going back a bit. The
1: magic show bit was excellent. (laughs) The magic show bit was so good. I loved it so much. Again... Test, pure testament to Paul Bettany yeah. is comedic genius he's doing so well with all the comedy especially the physical comedy and it's just incredibly well done
0: it's oh, so well done. And the costumes, like her magic outfit, it's just so great. And, you know, everyone watching and, you know, there's always that one woman that really wants everything to be right. And she's kind of like that mom person that, you know, you can't let her down. This is her life, you know, making the town look good and all that pressure. on. And they're trying to hide their yes. magic abilities. And what well, we find out later who's also wrecking that for them. But um, I love that Agatha song, which I can't wait to talk about. But um, yeah, it was it was really good.
1: Yeah, no, the I liked that this show didn't stray away from the fact that Wanda and Vision like were attracted to each other. They were like like they thought that the other person was attractive. Like you see, Wanda in this lovely, lovely like bodysuit for costume for the magic yeah. show. Paul Bettany has that very tight sweater at the, in the opening credits of the '70s episode. Um, they 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 don't stray away from the fact that they're in love with each other uh, and that they're attracted to each other. And I think because in shows in shows like that at the time they didn't really get into that. And especially when Wanda like pushed the two beds together at the start of the sixties uh-huh, episode, yeah. and they like go into the covers like you didn't see that back then. So the fact that it was no. sort of like the modern sensibilities being put onto it, but then not straying away from it because this was Wanda and Vision's life. This was the life that they wanted for themselves. It was really like and ending see.
0: like the first episode on a nice kiss, and then it zooming out. at really great um oh
1: i i <laughs> cried so much at the end of that first episode because i was like oh they're happy it's not gonna last <laughs> and the wedding rings bit was so wonderful uh, it was so good
0: um bewitched was actually the first show to have a woman and a man in the same bed together on tv that was the first <gasps> tv show that ever did that so it was kind of cool how you know they f- are apart at first at the beginning of Wandavision, and then you know she snaps her fingers and they're they're close together, and that was another uh, paying tribute to Bewitched because it was the first show that did that.
1: See, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that because I've <laughs> like re- I've never really seen Bewitched. So the more you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that time I was like, oh, that's a really neat idea because Samantha does that in the in the show as well. Um, yeah. So that was so that was episode so episode. Two was the magic show, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yes. everything's in color in episode three. So what exactly is episode three when she's pregnant? <laughs>
1: yes, yes, that's the big Brady Bunch <laughs> style episode. Oh my episode. god.
0: I always thought that was crazy how quickly, you know, on TV shows, like those Disney Channel shows or whatever, people would be pregnant, and then like two episodes later they'd already have the baby. So I thought that was very realistic for American sitcom.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thousand percent. And... The like you could easily easily tell that that was a fake pregnancy belly um, <clears throat> that she was wearing, but and you know you could tell that you know this like birth scene was like very sitcommy staged, um, but it was still a really good homage to that sort of idea of like the sitcom pregnancy is lasting for like two months and then yeah. or like two seconds and then it's done and it's over with
0: oh my gosh or in like friends when uh, jennifer anison's character is pregnant with emma for like two seasons <laughs> it's either like super long or it's like in the next episode
1: yeah <laughs>
0: um i have to ask tommy or billy Oh,
1: that's hard.
0: <laughs> I, I
1: as as a self respecting member of the LGBT community, I have to go with Billy, who is uh the the Billy is the one who has Wanda's powers, correct? Um, yes yes because Billy um spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't know this already um is uh, Wiccan is Wiccan in the comics and is gay has a romance with Hulkling I'm so excited to see that play out because Hulkling is gonna happen he has to you can't bring in Wiccan without bringing in Hulkling and they're gonna happen and Young Avengers is gonna happen and it's gonna be great and I'm so excited to see that intense level of LGBT representation in the MCU it's gonna be so wonderful um and I, I just, I think that the way his powers are, are really, really cool. Not to say that Tommy is not also very cool. Super Speed's always a really neat superpower. But we've seen it used in so many different ways uh, that I yeah. think the the way that Billy's powers have manifested themselves are very, very cool. And I think that also his, like actor in the later half of the show was really great they got some really good kid actors for those like slightly older versions of billy and tommy i'm excited to hopefully see them again at some point
0: yeah and so i didn't even know all all that you knew about the backstory with billy and everything but billy was my favorite character too because i thought he had a lot of his mom in him yes i really liked that
1: yeah, but Wanda's favorite, as you'll as you'll realize if you, when you see the show, is most yeah. certainly Tommy because Tommy has her brother's powers, and so it's like you know Pietro lives on in that way. Um, but no, I Billy Billy, I'm so excited to see Billy play out more, and he does get more time in the comics. To be fair, um, Billy does get a little bit more to do than Tommy. They're both part of the LGBT community, if I remember correctly, I believe. I believe that Billy is... uh, Billy's gay, obviously. Um, But I do believe that Tommy is also bi. I do believe he's also part of the bi spectrum, but they've just never had the chance to play with that because Billy took all the LGBT thunder, I guess.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, that'll be interesting. I, I can't wait to see more of them. And then I guess episode three, when they are born, ends, like, in this really dark kind of way. With Now I forget her name. Monica. But, um basically monica yes thank you um monica is basically um her friend in westview and she um kind of reveals to wanda that like what is going on with you what happened to pedro kind of do you remember pedro all these things and and wanda knows that this means that her reality is coming back and she doesn't like that and we're just sitting here very confused Mm -hmm. and then uh, monica gets basically thrown out of westview like Really, brutally hard. But we don't
1: see the throw until four. We don't see the throw until four.
0: That's right. Oh,
1: yeah. Because in episode three, it just, like, cuts to outside and Vision having the conversation with Herb and Agnes. Right. Um... And then Vision comes back in, and he asks where Monica went, and she was like, oh, she had to go home. It's fine. And Vision's like, should we leave? And is like, no, this is our home now. And they sit down, and they watch TV with the twins in their arms, and everything's fine. Yes. But then outside of Westview, um, we see Monica get turtled out of the, out of the hex, and that's sort of yeah. where it ends. So then it goes into episode four, getting the backstory.
0: Right, because Wanda's editing it, and we can see it being edited in episode four. Oh, I forgot all these things. See, I need to rewatch it already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I spent too much time obsessing over these episodes.
0: Um, what did you think of Monica? Just to talk about her briefly. Oh, I love
1: her so much. Oh, I love her so much. First of all, always lovely to see more women of color in positions of power in the MCU. Um... And Tiana Paris is so incredible. I actually just recently watched, for the first time, If Beale Street Could Talk from 2018. And surprise, Tiana Paris is there! Uh, she shows up as like the <laughs> sister of the main girl in that movie. Um, and she has a great sex scene in the first part of the movie. And I was like, yeah! And she wasn't in it much after that, and I was really sad. Um, but Tiana Paris absolutely stole the show. She was such a great addition to the team. And as she got on, she just was better and better and better. I will, I'm so excited to see her more, likely either in Captain Marvel 2, uh, well, definitely in Captain Marvel 2, she's been confirmed for that, but probably also in the Secret Invasion Disney Plus show that they're going to be doing, uh, which is a big storyline, like an Avengers-level storyline that's coming up pretty soon. Um, I'm really excited to see her have a role in that as well. I think it's going to be so cool. And to see her powers develop more, because we've gotten, like, the smallest taste of them. But I'm so excited, so excited to see her Spectrum powers really, really take shape.
0: Yeah. No, I really liked her, and I loved how she always stayed so loyal to Wanda, even though Wanda treated her pretty badly. But um, she was just such an interesting and great character, and she's so beautiful as well. But yeah, really cool.
1: Yeah, no, Tiana Paris could wear a sack of potatoes, and she'd look fantastic. Same with Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen. Again, the
0: costume design
1: on this show is always, always, always so flattering to everybody they put in these costumes, uh, except for maybe, yeah. maybe one of Catherine Hans' costumes towards the very end that I wasn't a huge fan of. I felt like it could have been a little better,
0: but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> sweatpants. It was the COVID look. Oh
1: my god, the fact that, like, Wanda basically saved Westview while doing it all in sweatpants. I was like, this is it. This should be the proof that we don't need to wear jeans anymore. I shouldn't have to change out of my leggings and sweatpants (laughs) once all of this is done. Like...
0: Because she was in that same outfit from episode seven to episode nine. And I was like, oh, what happened to like the cool 70s get up that her and Monica wear and the, the long red hair, or the cute little I love Lucy bewitched outfits. Um, and then she just ends the show with that. I just, well, she ends the show in a great costume, actually. But, uh, <laughs> that costume. For most of the last three episodes, it's a uh, sweatpant the COVID look. Yeah,
1: it is so great. <laughs> I loved it.
0: Um. So episode three may, mostly pays homage to the Brady Bunch, and then kind of s- the first episode. Um. Oh no, it continues a bit through episode four, but episode four is when we get a different kind of look at Westview, and we're back in um, Swords' point of view, and we don't. We're not really in the sitcom yeah. anymore. Do you want to take that one off? Yeah.
1: It. Oh, it was. It was so good. I liked that it. When I remember, like. Hearing that it was going to be I like I felt like it was going to be an outside look, and I was right. But I remember I watched I watched every episode every Friday with Christina, and we saw that the episode was titled "We Interrupt This Program," and there was no episode description for it, and we went, "Oh no, uh oh." <laughs> um, yeah. So the the episode titles are so clever, and I was so happy to see Jimmy Woo here to see Darcy. She's back. Oh, yes. I loved her so much in the Thor movies. Thor's one of my personal favorites. And um, I loved her in the Thor movies. I thought she was a really great addition. And so like to see her back and to be such a fan favorite, fans latched onto her right away. It was really, really great to mm-hmm. see her back. I love that little dream team. And I wish we got more of them in the final episodes. And
0: another, you know, powerful, smart, intelligent woman, unapologetic unapologetic woman and she's a white woman but she's just so great Darcy
1: oh yeah Kat Jennings did a fabulous job uh coming back as Darcy I I want I want more and I want it now (laughs) I want I want the Darcy Jimmy I want the Darcy Jimmy Woo X-Files style um Marvel Disney Plus show please and thank you put it in my (laughs) veins right now
0: well, maybe they'll hear you. I don't know. I don't know if I have enough <laughs> listeners yet. Yeah, it might take a little longer. <laughs> but I don't know. Christina and I were talking about uh, Little Woods back in July and how we wanted um, the director to do more stuff, and uh, now she's doing a, a Marvel film, so she's directing a Marvel movie with Tessa Thompson, so, you know, that that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, so we basically... Um, kind of find out that they're trying to get a hold of wanda in episode four and we find out that they were trying to get a hold of her through that radio in episode two i believe and now they're really wanting to like get her attention and get her out of this weird reality that she's put herself in through her grief and um i just thought that was really well done not just the way that they you know portray her grief and how like you know when you grieve you don't really want to accept that the person you're grieving for or the life you're grieving for, for is is someone that's dead. You want them to still be alive. But through Wanda's power, she's able to actually make them come alive through this reality. And, and I just thought they dealt with that really well. Um, especially in this episode.
1: Yeah. And grief is something that a lot of people have been going through in this past year. Whether it is grieving for a loved one... Or it's grieving for, you know, the year that could have been. Um, Grief is something that a lot of people have had to tussle with. So the fact, it felt like WandaVision came out at the perfect time uh, for so many different reasons. And it just, it worked really well. And it was the best instance of grief counseling I have ever seen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because... You're right. You don't just always grieve about, like, a person, as we know. We've grieved about losing a year. But she also grieves for, you know, the family she never had, her past family, her a family she always wanted to have with Vision, you know, kids, and all this stuff that she's grieving for. And, and I, I think it's so perfect. This show couldn't come out at a more perfect time.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely couldn't have. It's It's great. And I think it was...
0: It was the perfect time for it cuz we're all
1: watching television right now. We're all stuck inside our own little bubbles. So, let's let's see somebody with this concept and see where it goes.
0: So, I think episode 5 was now the family ties episode. Would you say the 1980s? Love the 1980s get up. Yeah. Yes. So even the, even the theme song, so I, I don't know, did we mention this before, that the, it, every theme song changes as well. So it's kind of like the WandaVision show. So, you know, in the 50s, it's very much Dick Van Dyke-like, then Bewitched, then um, Brady Bunch. And then now at the 80s, even the artwork of when they're drawing the family of Billy and Tommy and Wanda and Vision is exactly like Michael J. Fox's uh, Family Ties.
1: Yeah, it is, and I didn't know that. I've never seen Family Ties, but um, I love that the kitchen sort of had, like, this Roseanne vibe to it. It had a, a bit of a, like, modern, uh, not modern family, a uh, full house vibe to it. Um, yeah. The, the, the big 80s sitcoms I remember watching with my family were not really full house, but, uh, and this is going to sound very bad now, but this was before a lot of stuff came out, was The Cosby Show. Um, and I remember watching that one a lot. Um, obviously, don't now, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but, so I was familiar with that sort of style. And I'd seen <laughs> older episodes, like, when they were on television, when I was, like, at home sick. So I was definitely more familiar with this sort of era of sitcoms. And I, but I loved this. I think this might have been my favorite theme song. I definitely think it was because it just it was so Mm. lovely and I loved the 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 way that it was structured it was just it was just great
0: and them like you know eating lunch and a picnic and just like you know the close-ups of each actor like the main actor and the shenanigans they get up to and it was just it was really well done and I've never watched uh, actually I've never been watched and I don't think I've watched any like show from the 80s especially family show I, I I guess um I'm trying to think of like an early 90s because the 90s was more like, you know, Friends and Seinfeld and Frasier. I don't know if there was like a really big family show in the early 90s, you know, because they, they, it kinda, probably yeah.
1: would have been, yes. Yeah, Boy Meets World comes to right. mind. Boy Meets World comes to mind. Yeah. Um, also stuff like, uh, All in the Family, uh, Growing Pains, um, yeah. As, okay, I'll, as I'll full house <laughs> again. Scratch
0: that. Scratch that comment I made. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very. I, I don't know those that I see. Look, I I jump from the '60s to the to Malcolm in the Middle. That's my TV.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Malcolm in the Middle, so I was completely lost without like. I, kind I never got watched the that vibe. either.
0: No, it reminded but. me of. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Life with Derek. That's what it really reminded me yes. of. Yes
1: oh life of Derek
0: was so good <laughs> that's my favorite show growing up it's Canadian too so Canadian yeah. content here um I liked it more than the Disney like Sweet Life Hannah Montana stuff but um that's kind of what Malcolm in the Middle reminded me of because it also was around the same time as like Hilary Duff's show Liz- Lizzie McGuire and we kind of were a bit too young for that I think
1: well, I was a little bit too young for that, but I went back yeah. and rewatched some episodes of it when it first came on um, Disney Plus. Okay. okay. And. Uh, I was I was kind of hoping I'm gonna be honest I was kind of hoping we'd see like a little mini animated Wanda running around oh, I was yes, kind of I'm hoping get- we'd see that though. I thought that would have been so fun especially because it's a Disney property I thought that would have been so fun yeah uh, but who knows who knows maybe they'll do a season two Kevin Feige's That's already said really he'd like cool. to do one
0: yeah. Oh my gosh, that would have been a really good idea. I did read somewhere, um, not like this week, but for one of the, the seventh or eighth episode, um, and they said that there'll be a bit of a gap between um, sitcoms because she's grieving for her parents, so she doesn't really know about those shows from like 2002 to 2006, and then it'll jump to Modern Family, and I thought that was really interesting, because she was um, te- being tested, basically.
1: Yeah yeah
0: definitely um so sorry I've gotten off track now but but I think we were talking about episode five and I wanted to just talk about um so I love the 80s get up I loved how Agnes looked in her 80s 80s leg warmers and everything sitting on the kitchen counter um but yeah
1: that was really great and shout out to the whole like hair team on this show yeah They did such a good job. I especially think of Wanda's, like, 80s hair from, like, the back half of this episode and how big and curly and just, like, wonderful it was. Like, that was so 80s and it was so good and I adored every second of it.
0: I loved it so much more than when it was so tamed um, in the first few episodes but um, the commercial in episode five was the one I think you were talking. Oh no, that we talked about that one already. Uh, was La- Lagos paper towels, and that slogan was Lagos for when you make a mess you didn't mean to, and it's basically this mother in the kitchen, and it, it's something I, you know, we've probably seen you know replicas of it on TV when we I watched, thought you know the bounty commercial.
1: I thought of the Bounty commercial.
0: Oh yeah, the Bounty commercial, of course. It just reminded me of something I would have watched on, like, the Disney Channel or Family Channel when I was a kid, uh, YTV. But, yes. um, yeah, that one was really interesting. And, you know, it, we're back on to the, like, and now a very special, you know, we're back to kind of the sitcom commercials again and yeah it was it was just about a mom cleaning up the mess after her kids and how you got to use these paper towels because they're the best
1: yeah so i i knew that it was a reference to an event that had happened in the mcu i just couldn't remember from where it was so uh i'm not sure uh if you caught this reference or if you looked it up but essentially if anybody was still confused about it Um, Lagos was a, is a place in Nigeria, and it was, uh, Wanda went there with her sort of team during, uh, Captain America Civil War, and they were trying to, like, help out, and Wanda was trying to help, and then she, like, basically set a fire slash destroyed a building with like hundreds like an apartment building with like hundreds of innocent people in it it was very very bad and it's what that's what prompted a uh, really really prompted the sokovia accords that were sort of at, like the main crux of civil war and why it was happening um so christina didn't know that um slash didn't oh, remember yeah. slash didn't remember that so i had to like fill them in, we paused the commercial, and I was like, okay, this is what this is referencing, just so you know. Um, so it makes it makes the the, the red logo, and the, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to sting quite a bit. I was like, uh-oh, yeah. oh, there's some trauma there, uh-oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, Marvel is so clever! Oh my gosh, their writing skills. Yeah,
1: the showrunners were very, very clever to include these commercials as sort of like little, little hints at backstory stuff and to remind audiences of what's Wanda's gone through. It's been really interesting.
0: Um, and then we get to episode six, which is, I guess, would you say the late nineties? We're now at the Malcolm the Middle stage. Yeah, this is okay.
1: late nineties, early two thousands.
0: Okay. And, um, it's basically very much, I don't know, because I, I didn't watch Malcolm in the Middle, but I, I don't know, like I said, it reminded me of Life with Derek. The theme song didn't, wasn't as close to me as the the Family Ties one, which I liked the most, but, um, this one, yeah, do you want to talk about this theme song here? Yeah,
1: I, this was definitely my least favorite theme song, uh, because, again, yeah. I wasn't familiar with Malcolm in the Middle, I liked that it was like a camcorder one. I liked, I loved the gag where Vision had like stepped through the sofa to try and get to the boys. Um, I thought that was really, really yes. clever. Um, yeah, no, the the, the theme song is a whole really cool, and the structure of the episode was really, really great. Uh, again, shout out to the costuming team on this episode because it's a Halloween episode, so everybody's in their costumes, and Wanda yes. in that. And that Scarlet Witch costume was so good. Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, Um, Not as good as the final product, uh, but... (laughs) No.
0: I always enjoyed, like... No, no, it's
1: okay. This theme song was definitely my least favorite, and it might have... This was episode six. Um, Was this my least favorite... Episode? No, that's definitely not my least favorite episode, but it was definitely my least favorite theme song.
0: Yeah, it was my it was my least... It wasn't... I don't think it was my least favorite episode either, but yeah, I agree with the theme song. Um, I always enjoyed Halloween specials and, like, the Disney Channel, like, when a series would do a Halloween episode. So I was looking forward to this one. I was a bit thrown off by the whole Pedro, your brother is here thing. That kind of distracted me a lot, and I missed the whole kind of relationship between... Uh, Vision and Wanda because Vision was speculating that things were going on he he already talked to one of his co-workers and found out what he was really thinking in his head and he's just starting to get really suspicious and then we see the whole thing where Agnes is in her car at the very edge of Westview and this was giving me very much Pleasantville vibes for anyone that knows that movie and um, I was like she's kind of at the edge of Westview and Vision is like hey can I help you like what's going on and we start to see that the people that are on the edge of Westview um, aren't able to do the same things as the ones that, would you say, are closer to Wanda's house and closer to the main town, and they kind of are doing the exact same motions of hanging the laundry and doing one motion, and they're almost, like, frozen in time. And this is when I was like, no, their beautiful world is starting to unravel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I was like, oh, boy, this is this is where we're doing. Like, it was so creepy, but it was so good. <laughs>
0: That tear rolling down that woman's cheek. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God.
1: Yeah, no, it was just really... That, that section of the episode, really well done. Really, really well done. And, th- and then, of course, that leads to Vision going beyond Ellis Avenue and leaving the hex, and I was getting very emotional because I was like, I don't know if I can take watching Vision die again right now. I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, and the way that they were doing it was so sad um but seeing Wanda just like explode with that magical energy and pushing the boundaries of the Hex outwards and changing the sword camp into a circus um and Darcy's final like oh fuck it was so good um the end of this episode was when things really started I didn't scream during the end of this episode but I was definitely like I don't know if I can handle this right now this is a lot right now
0: yeah it it was a lot and and the part that really upset me the most and i have to say this is the actual the yo magic commercial cuz again this was a commercial that uh, a type of commercial that i would have seen when i watched nickelodeon ytv as a kid not really family channel as much but definitely ytv and seeing something like that that kind of animation and then see it takes such a creepy weird ass dark turn i was like ooh this is making me really uncomfortable right now i'm here for yeah. a good time <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Yo! Magic commercial, again, definitely my least favorite of the commercials, yeah. just because I was like, oh my god. But um, <laughs> of course, when Finger you look down. back on it, it has so much significance. Um, yeah. But definitely when I first watched it, I was like, wow, I don't appreciate this commercial at all. This is not fun anymore.
0: The the tagline was, Yo! Magic, the snack for survivors. That one made me feel... I would not have been able to handle that commercial uh, 12 years ago <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think, I feel like when I first watched that episode, I thought the commercial was going to be about um, Billy, uh, because he was wearing a red shirt, he was trying to open this, like, he was trying to open Yo Magic, and uh, at that point, I think Billy uh, hadn't unlocked, quote unquote, unlocked his powers yet, but uh, Tommy had, I think, at that point. Um, I'm not sure. So I thought, you know, maybe it was like that Billy's like lacking in his magic right now and he's trying to like open it, but no, it's Wanda. It's it's about Wanda. Specifically about Wanda and uh and our and our big bad facing off at the end of the movie. At the end of the I keep saying movie, I know you do too. It 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 feels so cinematic, especially at the end. Yeah.
0: Um, I actually, that's, you're probably exactly right of how how you interpreted that, but I kind of interpreted almost like, you know, we're all kind of in this isolation right now, like we're not living on an island, but it almost feels at times like we are with COVID, and I thought that was really powerful for the times we're living in right now. Is there anything else you want to talk about for this episode, the Halloween one? What did you think of Pedro? Oh,
1: Pedro, I definitely did yell when he showed up at the end of five um yeah. i was like holy crap um but by episode six i was like i don't trust this guy as far as i can throw him yeah uh, and i was right not to <laughs> um i wish i i wish that they had like given him a bit more of a purpose uh beyond uh, you know I I predicted uh, for, for the end of the season, you know, they say, you know, oh, you know, this this is Ralph. Uh, and he's just been magicked by uh, Agnes slash Agatha. Um, but I, I really wish, I thought that Ralph was going to be the guy in Witness Protection. And the fact that he wasn't, I was like, ah, that's a bit of a letdown. I wish they'd given him more significance. Because if you're going to pull in Evan Peters, who did such a good job as Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, if you're going to bring him in, you have to have him be, like, actual Pietro in some way, shape, or form. You can't just have him be, like, somebody who got roped into this, basically. It felt like a little bit of a letdown at the very end. But his performance was absolutely incredible. I really loved his performance. It's just that I wish that his character had been written a little differently.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, I was a bit thrown off by him, of course, at the end of Episode 5 as well. But then I just kind of was, like, really irritated with by him. And then I kind of felt bad for him at the very, very end. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. Should we move on to uh, the Modern Family episode now? Yeah, let's move on. Let's
1: let's go into episode seven. This was my favorite episode by far. By far, by a mile, this was my favorite episode. uh, Because I knew Modern Family really well by this point. Um, I knew what was coming. I was so hyped up about it. And then... The ending of the episode happened and this was where I was yelling and screaming the most. This was where I was the most like, oh my God, because we all knew something was up with Agnes. From the very beginning, it wasn't slick that she was going to be Agatha Harkness at all. It wasn't going to be slick. It wasn't slick at all. People knew and they were saying that right away. And they had to be like, oh, no, she's not. But she was, of course. (laughs) It wasn't that it was like a surprise revelation that she was Agatha. It was the relief of the confirmation. But also the way that they did it was incredible was so good. And it was the the shock and surprise and delight in getting that revelation and having uh, Agatha all along, which is now, like, number one on iTunes. It's, like, trending on TikTok. Like, people... People like fell in love with it and they fell in love with Katherine Hahn doing this part. And I fell in love with Katherine Hahn too. I've never seen her in anything. Before, I love this And song. I loved her in this. And I really I... hope that because she's not dead, that they keep her around and they bring her back at some point. Because she was so good.
0: Yeah. She was so good with doing like that classic, like I'm dying inside but I'm still having this smile like that nosy neighbor and yeah you know, it kind of throws us off because at the end of episode five we kind of feel a bit sorry for her because she seems like really lost and confused until we know her like true and real motives but I always thought she was fishy especially when she's uh, out in the garden and and vision comes out and, and talks to her but, um, yeah, I love that it was Agatha all along, like, that song is so good. And the fact like, that it
1: took inspiration from the Munsters, like, yes. that was, that was clever. That was really, really and quite we, good.
0: And we see her from, like, the black and white stages of her sitcom time to, like, the present day as now a witch. Um, it was so good. Um, I've actually never, this is going to be such a bad thing to say, I've never seen Modern Family. but I, <laughs> Oh, you would love it. <laughs> but um, I, 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 The Office is my favorite show, and I, I've i seen clips of Modern Family, so I, I know that it's very similar to, like, a mockumentary. And I thought Elizabeth Olsen did a great job with that kind of, you know, looking into the camera, stare, and all those things. She's just so good. I don't know how she was able to transition because Vision is not in this episode as much as Wanda, and and um. Well, he is actually he's in it with Darcy. Um, but yeah, um, it was just really seeing well. Them done. interact.
1: Seeing seeing Vision and Darcy interact was so fun. It was seeing seeing them and their little gags at the at the circus and. Seeing especially Darcy talk to Vision and, like, say, you know, I've been watching. I'm a big fan of WandaVision, and, like, the love you two have is so real. And, like, it it felt, like, very much like she was the audience filling Vision in and that she was speaking for the audience because, again, a testament to Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen doing an absolutely incredible job with the romantic chemistry between uh, Vision and Wanda they've always done a really good job with it, but especially here it just has such a chance to shine and it just broke my heart every time, yeah,
0: oh my gosh it it they they were all really so good together this cast i I just I loved it so much, and I really like Agatha,
1: <laughs> God, she was so good, God, she was so good. I saw a post the other day <laughs> that was like. Agatha and Wanda's dynamic is the dynamic of somebody who studies super hard for a history test and gets, like, a 65%, but then the one slacker in the class who never does anything, like, sleeps through class, gets 100% yes. on the on the test.
0: I put that on my story, yeah. Yes, okay, yeah, that's where it was. And I was like, this is
1: exactly what it is, and I love it yeah. so much. I really, I really I saw to it on see BuzzFeed. come back
0: and i was like i have to i have to put this on my story it's so funny cuz that's how yeah. i feel
1: <laughs> yeah i really want to see agatha um, come back in some way i think she's so good
0: yeah um should we talk about uh, are we on oh did we oh sorry um just before we move on episode 7 had the basically the nexus like antidepressant pills to take for Elizabeth, uh, for Wanda, which I thought was really brilliantly done. And the tagline for that one was Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you, or does it? And I just thought that was so good.
1: Yeah, I, you know, we laugh at these medical commercials, but to see one like spoofed here was really something special. Uh I thought it was really well done. I thought that you know, it, it perfectly captured what it needed to for the bit. And I liked that it was our last one. I feel like they couldn't have gone in any other direction.
0: And, yeah, sadly, this was the last one we got. Um, I liked it much better than the one beforehand, so glad it didn't end with that one. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's move on to uh, episode eight now. Do you want to take that one off? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Episode eight, the flashback episode, which again,
0: I was right on
1: the title. Yes. I want everybody to know Previous, I was beyond, right because I was division. like, I think, because <laughs> I, I I figured it was going to be called previously on because we needed to get the backstory. Yeah. I thought we were going to get a full Agatha backstory episode, but it was sort of a mix of both.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Let's talk about the and, beginning and, of third. The beginning of uh, her yeah. backstory that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, the deep first of all the de-aging they did on Catherine Hahn. Absolutely incredible. Um I-, I didn't even notice it. I thought it was just like regular Catherine Hahn. So when I looked at screenshots later, I was like, Oh, they de-aged her. They did a really good job. Um, the the coven aspect was really cool and the fact that she wasn't being burned at the stake, like, for witchcraft, is that she was like being like tied to the stake by her own coven because she did very bad things was a really interesting turn Um, and I thought the use of her magic was really cool in seeing that start Um, I liked that they kept that aspect of her story because in the comics Agatha Harkness has been around since the Salem Witch Trials and you know she's portrayed as this like sort of like a mix between Cinderella's stepmother and the old lady from the Aristocats sort of like that vibe (laughs) uh, in terms of costume and design uh, but I liked that they, like, kept her as this sort of younger um, younger woman. It worked really well. And, yeah, that, that whole beginning was so well done.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, and like, to find out, so she was, um, uh, Agatha was part of the witch hunt back in, I think it was the 15th century? No, the 16th century and um it, it was it was the
1: 1600s so the that 1600s. would have been oh the 17th sorry century. the 17th I guess
0: that always <laughs> the 17th century thank I you I know I do too uh the the big witch hunt <laughs> and um yeah that was that was just really good it was really creepy when you know she killed all the people the other witches and they turned like all yeah green, and we find out that Wanda's starting to have that I don't like Elizabeth Olsen looking like that <laughs> like no <laughs> Um, but really Ugh. great special effects. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, they blew the special effects budget out of the water <laughs> with this show. I haven't seen a special effects budget this big since the most recent season of Stranger Things.
0: Yes. Oh, like, my God.
1: That And that was a lot. That was a lot of
0: stuff. I can't wait to... I have a couple of fun facts, and I have one about this one, and it, it's crazy. I would not expect this to be as expensive as it was, but I can't wait to share it with you. Um, so then we get in this episode that journey, Wanda's grief journey, and, you know, Agatha takes her on this journey because, uh, Wanda is missing Tommy and Billy, and she wants her kids to come back, and, and Agatha has basically kidnapped them, and, um, she is forced to go on this journey, and, like, who wants to go on a journey of, like, their worst nightmares, the worst pivotal moments in their life from, you know, 11 Two thirty 30 or whatever and, and it's just so heartbreaking to watch it all I mean I wouldn't want to watch it in my own personal life let alone to her because she's yeah. had so many hardships her entire life that nobody really yeah. has in their whole entire life and she's had like all this stuff happen to her in such a short period of time just truly heartbreaking yeah
1: in testament to elizabeth olsen for really pulling off a fantastic episode with this one i feel like one obviously emmy season has come and gone um but i feel like if elizabeth olsen and paul bettany both don't get nominations for one division and their incredible performances i'm gonna be very mad because elizabeth olsen especially in these last two episodes did such an incredible job um, not just in the paying homage to television decades past, but also this performance of Wanda was really, really something special. And I think it really showed not only just like how special the character is to her, but why she resonates so much with so many audiences. And I loved her and Vision's discussion shortly after Pietro died. Uh, this was in this episode where Vision tells, where she's like talking about what her grief feels like. And it's such a perfect mirror for like oh, yeah. the, such quick foreshadowing for what she goes through when she loses vision. And we see later in this episode that, you know, they had that deed to the house in Westview that got me, that got me good. Um And the visions tells her, you know, the, the line that's been commented on the most, what is grief if not love persevering, which really hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting to. It was, definitely my favorite line I think period from the show I think it was such a wonderfully written line and Paul Bettany did such a great job delivering it it was just mm, it was so good it hit me right where it needed to
0: yeah I think that was the most powerful scene for me too because it had that amazing line and then it had the line that I mentioned earlier of her saying you know that's not that kind of show you you know nothing bad ever happens on sitcoms on you know both of those lines right after one another were so powerful when she's in the Avengers place, yeah.
1: Yeah. That scene, that scene was just, ugh, it hit me. It hit me so hard.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was, it was really powerful.
1: That end, that end, the end, that in the end of, uh, the end of it, when she, like, goes full, like, magic cannon, basically, and just lets her grief explode out and create the Westview Hex, and when she like basically births yeah. a new vision, um, and that shot of her like looking at Vision, and he says, you know, Wanda, and then she st- you see her step into the fantasy and immediately take on that nineteen fifties. I love Lucy Dick Van Dyke style and when vision looks at her with just this like pure love you can see that love in his eyes and he says welcome home like yeah. how can you not fall in love with that man right there right then like uh, it was it was just so good and the elation on her face of seeing him like that again and losing herself in this fantasy was yeah. so good it was so good and the fact that like right after that you saw the set in color, Yes. was so cool. Because I knew oh, they had obviously so done it in color, uh, but I didn't expect them to show it in color on the show. Everything and about, that oh was really but, cool.
0: Yeah, because we all want to live in that reality right now, especially now with COVID when we can't see so many people we love and, and just the idea of that and, and the people we've lost. Um, But oh, it's, it was just, and I loved the whole backstory of why sitcoms was her chosen reality and why each episode we go through a different decade because yes. her parents and her and her brother pedro would always watch these classic sitcoms from *Isle of lucy dick van dyke be Witch pretty bunch um to to um monsters to you so know, clever everything family ties it was so well done and like oh i didn't want to pick on the fact that maybe in 1999 they didn't have dvds but like no matter it was so cool how they did it
1: it was so clever. It was so incredibly clever. And I think that it was just, ugh, it was it was just so well done. And it makes everything make sense. It makes everything completely make sense. It's just another level of her grief, yep. basically. Um, but it makes everything make sense.
0: And her way of grieving is putting her life in a sitcom. Because in a sitcom, nothing ever bad happens. And and it's it's just so brilliant. I can't get over how, I can't believe no one's ever thought of this before. Like... Give it to Marvel to, to make something like this so amazing. Um, and something fresh, too. Because they take the old yeah, stuff, honestly. but it's still so fresh. And it's still so modern with powerful women, people of color, um, LGBTQ community. It's so good. Love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so great.
0: Um, should we move on to episode nine now, the, f- the last one? <sighs>
1: the finale. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, I have so many... Again, I was screaming a lot during this episode. I cried a lot. Um, I will say that the one costume I wasn't a fan of now that we're here is Agatha's final, like, witch look. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I felt like it wasn't super flattering on Katherine Hahn. I felt like there was so much going on that she kind of got lost in the costume a little bit between how big the costume was and how big her hair was. I feel like her hair could have been a little... not. I feel like it could have been a little less. Like, there could have been that amount of curl, definitely, but, like, not as much, like, body if that makes sense. Yeah. It felt like it was just absolutely everywhere. And that combined with the costume just made her feel, it didn't It didn't feel like it fit with everything, which it's not supposed to. It's something that she's supposed to, you know, have cobbled together over time. And the colors on it were really great. But I feel like the overall design just made Catherine Han sort of get lost in the costume itself. And that was that, that was my one costume complaint of the entire show, which is not bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's... And you know what it reminded me of? Like, I didn't have as much of a problem with it as as you, but, like, it just seemed like some rip-off thing you'd get at the dollar store for Halloween, and you quickly put it together, and just, like, all this extra makeup you don't need, and then having that with It was how, Halloween,
1: um, it was a... Sh- yeah. It was a shopper's drug mart witch costume yes, on steroids. exactly.
0: And and having that, and then contradict that with, you know, Wanda's sweatpants sweatshirt look, it just, it didn't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of took me out of it for a second. I was like, okay. Um, but then at the end of the episode, when they were both in their witch costumes, I was like, ah, this makes sense now. Yes. This makes sense now, but it didn't for the past, like, two episodes. But it did now. I
0: loved, I loved Wanda's finale outfit. Oh, my God. Please. That reveal. <laughs>
1: that reveal was so good. Oh, my goodness. With the runes on the hex walls, and the way that the hex was being manipulated, just a lot of stuff about this last half of the episode was so well done. But this costume reveal was really something else, because we've been waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it for so long. And so to see her finally have a like more comics-accurate costume, to see her have that iconic headpiece finally be part of her costume, and for her to finally step into her own... I wish, I wish in a way that like it, on the hex wall between Agatha and Wanda when the runes were revealed that there was, there was a rune in Agatha's basement that was sort of shaped like an M and I wish that the M had been between them to be like, nah, this is Wanda space now and you can't do any of <laughs> your magic here. I wish that had been like between them because that would have been so cool. But, at the same time, the shot was so cool in itself, and the reveal of the costume is so good, and the way that it moves is really nice. I I can't, I can't. Every time it pops up on my, like, Facebook feed or my Instagram feed, I can't stop looking at it. Because it's just yeah. so well done. And it's so flattering on Elizabeth Olsen. It just works so incredibly well for the character. And I love that it's sort of got, like, a sort of 80s glam rock going on with the hair. Her hair is done really well in her witch costume. Uh, it's just... It's me. just so good.
0: Because it, it doesn't have that same, like, it, it's frizzy, but it somehow she doesn't have that 80s frizz that she had in the Family Ties episode. And it's more tame yeah. than that, but it's also really big. I don't know how to explain it. It's really good, though. She it should always have it's it. It's a bit
1: more elegant. It's a bit yes. more elegant. It's <laughs> the hair that I wish I had,
0: naturally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't we all want to look like... I mean, if I was Elizabeth Olsen, I'd always want my hair like that. I'd always have yeah. someone do it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah definitely um uh, yeah this was this was a pretty big episode I, I have to say it wasn't my favorite one um but it was definitely a really big one and i think i need to have it sink in more because i did just watch it yesterday but um yeah i i really liked it
1: yeah and vision of wanda's final conversation was so so heartbreaking <laughs> And I, I was crying through so much of it, because I just love them so much, and the fact that this was ending, and they had, like, a literal countdown happening outside of the wall, outside of yeah. their walls of this home that they had built, and the fact that, like, when the hex goes away, Wanda's right back where she started this, on that empty lot, with this entire life that she'd oh. built for herself, having been ripped away from her, it just, it broke my heart, and... But it was so well done. Oh my love And I love I loved the line that Vision had saying, you know, we've said goodbye so many times that it stands to reason that Wanda finishes a sentence of saying, you know, we'll say hello again. Um, which, I'm a little worried about White Vision, which I know we haven't touched on. I'm a little worried about White Vision because he's clearly gone off of like... Going, I, I guess. Pardon the pun, a vision quest. Uh, he's gone off yeah. to, to sort himself <laughs> out. But he, but Vision didn't tell Wanda that White Vision's okay. That like they're good. Like it's fine. Oh so yeah, I, right. It'll be really interesting to see when White Vision and Wanda meet again if he's gonna lash out at him because nah, uh you are not my husband you tried to squish my head like a grape, but he's gonna be like wait no i Ooh. swear it's not it's not that it's not that anymore please wait um that's gonna be yeah that was a really gross scene but that final <laughs> yeah, conversation it was so heartbreaking it's- especially when vision like she was turning off the lights in the living room but then vision came down and turned one on and he was like i just wanted to see you clearly i was like don't break my heart again paul betty i
0: can't take it (laughs) oh i i was like it was so heartbreaking and then it really reminded me when her and vision were you know this kind of the countdown of the hex uh, the hex breaking down and when um they're putting Tommy and Billy to bed and it just reminded me of like that those heartbreaking scenes in like Titanic when like the third class passenger parents were putting their kids to sleep because they were gonna die and the water was coming onto them soon and it just made me like oh my god so sad yeah no
1: I that that goodbye scene with Tommy and Billy like obviously got me and I, I'm so I'm excited to see them pop up again but I feel like I don't want to see them pop up again for a little bit just so that like this will give me the chance to like stick it'll it'll have a chance to stick and have meaning before they come back so that when they come back it'll be all the more powerful
0: now did you um watch the kind of extra two scenes uh, one during the credits and then one after?
1: What kind of Marvel fan would I be if I did not watch the post credit scene?
0: <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I
1: looked it up in advance and I saw there were two and I was like, okay, we are not clicking away from this episode until it is done. Yeah, I I did. only
0: knew that there was one and then I like left Disney Plus and then I found out that there was a second one and I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first one I really liked with Monica, obviously setting her up for Captain Marvel 2 and Secret Invasion, all that stuff. Very exciting. As soon as she, like, was in that theater alone with that woman, I was like, that other woman's a scroll. And sure enough, she was. I was like, yeah, I love scrolls. <laughs> I think they're so neat. Such a cool concept. Can't wait to see more of them in Secret Invasion. I can't wait to play Who's a Skrull. It's going to be great. Um, but the second, the second scene, as I've established, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. And so to see Wanda in that second scene in, like, the far reaches of Sokovia, I guess um in this little cabin um and you know her physical form is making tea but her she's astrally projecting and she's like opening the dark hold um like doctor strange would have been i kept thinking like what if the dark hold is the book that went missing in the first doctor strange movie that like still hadn't been returned maybe it's one of the books like Caecilius had um but then as soon as she like opens it, she- hearing Billy and Tommy being like, Mom, help, help. Um, and that's where it ends. I was like, oh, no. She's going to rip open the multiverse, and everything's going to go crashing in on itself, and that's what Spider-Man 3 is going to happen, and this was going to be really, really good, and I can't wait to see her <laughs> wreaking havoc just to try and get her boys back.
0: Oh, my gosh. At least she could have somebody, or else she's, like, all alone. Please! So I really hope that. Yeah, she, she needs a...
1: She needs a remnant of that time. She needs it so bad. And she loves those boys. They are her sons. They are her sons. But my one question is, you know, if they were supposed to disappear with the Hex, is it just like another version of them in the multiverse? Or is it this their Hex version? Because one of the theories going around, oh. and there's this basis for this in the comics, is that the boys are pieces... The boys are made up of fragments of Mephisto's soul. So that makes us, you know. Unleash hell, Demon Spawn, from fake Pietro. uh, Pietro, if you will. Um, (laughs) um, Unleash hell, Demon Spawn. The constant Mephisto and hell references. Like, maybe they're like trapped in a version of hell somewhere. Like, we don't know. Um, And so I really hope that they're going to bring in Mephisto for Doctor Strange 2. Because that's rumored to be what's happening. Um... And I, I'm excited to see where exactly that story's taking place. But, oh boy, it's going to be good. And it's it's a lot of setup in this origin story for what's to come in the movies so that people won't feel like they miss out if they're not watching WandaVision. But, like, you are missing out if you're not watching WandaVision.
0: Yeah. Come, it, come that's on, just watch WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, before we move on to the final judgment, I just have a couple of fun facts because this show is so cool. And and, um, so the first episode was actually filmed in front of a live studio audience um, back in November 2019. And then the rest of the show has actually been filmed since COVID. So they started shooting again in September 2020 and they finished just before Christmas. So wow, they packed in eight episodes in like... Three months is pretty amazing. Quick
1: turnaround. Quick turnaround. Um, which, I mean, I guess you have all this time to work on the special effects then. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the the fact, then I mean, the first episodes must have just been ready to go. Um... No, that's really cool. I knew they filmed them from the live studio audience. I thought it was going to be more than that because they stuck with the sitcom, that traditional sitcom format up until the 80s episode. And also, props on that studio audience for not breaking their non-disclosure agreements. My God, the paperwork they must have had to go through.
0: I was thinking that too because it would have been like a year and a half almost. Crazy. Yeah. Maybe for the other laugh gags, they just so used, was, like, crew members or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: they must have... Yeah, no, that was... That's so cool, though. I love that they'd done that, and I think it was a really nice touch. Um, it, it really made it feel authentic.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so the next fact I have is that um, they do show, actually, a clip of Dick Van Dyke, and, and Hannah and I already talked about how they used a lot of... Um, they paid a lot of homage to the Dick Van Dyke show, in the first two episodes. But actually, Dick Van Dyke was consulted um, for this show, and he was asked questions about what they kind of camera work they used during the 60s and the lenses they used, and he was really knowledgeable. And this guy's, like, almost 95 at least, I think, by now. So pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I knew that before... But, like, that's so cool that they brought him in to be a consultant. He has such a great relationship with Disney. I was kind of hoping he would do, like, a fun little cameo as, like, a crotchety old man or something. I think that would have been really fun. Yeah. But, obviously, you know, he's Dick Van Dyke. He's 95. He's not doing much these days. But he probably wants to <laughs> not be doing much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's so cool that they brought him in as a consultant. Again, it just made it feel more authentic in a really, really great way.
0: Yeah. Um so they actually were so accurate with the times uh, for the decades that they actually changed the the cameras and the lenses that they used and they used old lenses and cameras from the 1960s to film um the early sh- episodes which is so cool.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And the fact that it so clearly pays homage to so many different sitcoms that people obviously really, really loved. It really shows the level of detail and research they put into this show, not just from like a Marvel MCU we have to put in so many Easter eggs standpoint, but just from a, like, we want to get this right. And I will be very surprised if the production team at least doesn't get some Emmy nominations in the next Emmy season.
0: I really hope so, or I, I mean, I really hope maybe even a Golden Globe I, for musical and comedy. Like, not that this is a comedy, but like, it's so good. Ooh.
1: Maybe. I don't know if a Golden Globe necessarily. Yeah. Because those just happen and that might be, it might be a little too like reaching back. Uh, but I think, I think that would be really, really neat though. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So, this is insane. I did not think this because I thought it would be Stranger Things too, but apparently. This is the most expensive television show ever made in history, and each episode was reported to be as much as $25 million. What? Yeah, I know. Isn't that insane? That's insane! That's this, absolutely these are IMDb facts. Fuck, <laughs>
1: wild. That's 20. That's a lot. I mean, not like Marvel doesn't have the money to throw around. Yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but. That's like um that's like a independent film budget on a good day. Like <laughs> each uh, a a lot of a, no not even. Like that's <laughs> it's insane. That's like a that's like a meat that's like a mediocre opening weekend in pre-covid times. Yeah. Every week. Every week. That's insane. <laughs> But when you factor in the level of like detail they put in, the the level of groundwork, the p- amount of people they had to have on set, the the special effects, the special effects budget, that um, it, it makes sense that it had to be so expensive. But my god, I can't I can't even picture that much money, let alone like process that all that money was spent to make this thing happen. I know.
0: So I just looked up Stranger Things. And in the first series, they spent six million per episode, and they don't say anything about the third season. But in the second season, they jumped to eight million per episode. So I'm assuming the third season's probably at least ten to twelve. That's just my guess.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see where Stranger Things yeah. season four lands.
0: Forty million. That's
1: <laughs> promising to be quite something.
0: Yeah. Um. And then the last fact I have is that. This was actually Elizabeth Olsen's first show. She'd never acted on a show before, unlike, of course, her her twin sisters, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, So I thought that was interesting, too. She'd never been on a show before.
1: Yeah, but she took to it so naturally, and I feel like that's partially because, you know, she spent so much time on set on Full House watching her sisters do it. Um, And she would have had the consultation as well from Dick Van Dyke, too. So it's it's not that she was without resources. Um... But that's that's so cool that this was her, like, first television appearance, and it was this, in this scale. Yeah. That's just, that's so good. I hope she does more television work, because she's really well suited for it. Not to say she's not suited for film work as well, because she is. My God, she is. But she's equally good on uh, on yeah. television as well.
0: Well, TV's the new movies now, so being a TV star is actually better now than almost being a movie star. Yeah. I mean, TV shows have gotten so good, and she has the perfect facial expressions and her her like her movements and her charisma. Is just so her good look on screen, and yeah, yeah, She's yeah. A just her look.
1: look. Her look is so For good. Each
0: decade, <laughs> with
1: with with the red hair. Well, definitely, she doesn't have red hair naturally, but. With, with the red hair and the big blue eyes, she's just, she's so well suited to all these different yeah. decades of television. She, she never failed to look amazing on screen. It was so good.
0: Yeah. She's also good as, you know, there's some actresses where you can't ever see them in a different decade than they are. Like, they look too modern. And I would consider, like, Scarlett Johansson to be one of those people. Um, so she was able to, like, you know, go from 1950s to, to nowadays, and, and it looked convincing.
1: Yeah, it looked completely natural and like she could have fit in in any of those sitcoms. And again, that's a testament to the hair and makeup team, the costume team, but also to just Elizabeth herself, who really just, again, knocked it out of the park. She was, this was her show, this was her time to shine, and she absolutely ran with it.
0: Okay, well, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but do should we move on to the final judgment?
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Okay, so did WandaVision move you or not?
1: I think it's safe to say it did. I think, I think, considering that the last three episodes all had me screaming, crying, reacting in a very visceral way that I don't normally when I'm watching television, um, I, it absolutely moved me, and I can't wait for it to do it again when I binge it all at some point this spring probably in the interim between Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, just to tide me over, you know, just to, just to quench the thirst.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what am I going to say? No, it didn't. Of course it moved me. This was such a great creative <laughs> show. Uh, yeah. After talking all about positive things at the end of this thing, it didn't move me. I mean, that would be <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it sucked. Um, it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> this show was awful. <laughs> Um um Wanda has always been one of my favorite uh I have always liked her more than Black Widow uh Marvel characters. So seeing her like this was really fun seeing, you know, some nostalgic shows that I used to watch like Bewitched and Life with Derek at a time right now when, you know, everything is so different and seeing some of that comfort was really really nice for me, brought me back to my 7-year-old self. And just the acting was really good. The writing that Marvel does is amazing. Um and even me, who was like not, I would say like a huge, huge like Marvel fan, I I like watching them. But this made me just so much more into it, and and that's why I'm so glad we got to do this in the podcast. Because for people that are listening and might not be into the Marvel films, this is such a great show to get you started into it. And and I just I just really enjoyed how they went through each decade. It was just the costumes, oh the costumes, the theme songs, the commercials, yeah, no. <laughs> so brilliant. It was. It was. It was-
1: it was all put together so incredibly well, and I can't, if if all the other Disney Plus shows are going to be as good or better than WandaVision, this is going to be a real treat.
0: Yeah. And so, when was that show that we, you talked about with me beforehand, um, I forgot the title now, when does that come out for, for listeners that might be curious
1: Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out in about two weeks' time from when we're recording this. So, if I remember it right, that is going to be March 19th. And then, uh, that's going to run for six episodes. Longer episodes than WandaVision to start, which is going to be really nice. Um, so that'll run for six weeks. And then, we're going to have a little bit of a wait because Black Widow is supposed to come out uh, at some point in May to kick off the movie summer season, but who knows about that one. Um but Marvel's planning to give that its own time to breathe and then we're going to jump straight into Loki on June 11th or 12th I do mm-hmm. believe and that's uh, all the other Marvel Disney Plus shows are currently either like in production or they're filming. I don't know how long Loki's going to be that hasn't been released, but I'm sure we'll know more details as we get closer to it.
0: Yeah. So they really are not wanting to put Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> they really don't want to they do really that. They
1: really aren't. Because they want people to experience it. It's the first proper Marvel movie yeah. back since Endgame. Yeah. They want people to experience it in a the theater, which is admirable. And I appreciate that. I just don't know how reasonable it's going to be to keep pushing this movie, especially if the rumors are true that uh, one of the characters from Black Widow, Florence Pugh's character, is going to have a role in... Falcon the Winter Soldier to some degree like towards the end of it, which is mm-hmm. why they wanted Falcon and the Winter Soldier to come out first.
0: So who knows? We'll see. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Scarlet and uh, Florence Pugh together. That's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming back on the show.
1: Yeah, of course. I have been very eager to talk about WandaVision (laughs) (laughs) to somebody else uh, other than Christina. And so, yeah, this has been very fun. And I can't wait to digest more Marvel content in the near future.
0: Yeah. And I really hope that... uh, I I doubt Black Widow's going to come out in May. But uh, if it does come out in the summer, I really hope it comes out in August so I can go for my birthday. Because oh, uh, be that nice. would be really fun to finally go to a movie theater and see that movie. Because uh, I haven't been yeah. in so, so long. But uh, yeah, um, I'm so glad we got to do this one. This is such a fun show. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to click the subscribe button.